Dun, 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 dun. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. It's Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's your place for the unfiltered experience where Scott and I have unfiltered conversations designed for you to see your past, present, and your future differently so that you can take the empowering action to fulfill your legacy, to be here and be the magnificent being that you're supposed to be. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm Christopher Ash, the No Excuses Coach, and I'm joined by my amazing brother from another mother. Scott David Goyette. Scott David right Goyette. Here. SDG <laughs> in the house. SDG. SDG. It sounds like a motor oil. I oh, like it. That sounds like, a, it sounds like a heavy metal group. Now, yeah. welcome to the stage, SDG. Yeah. Welcome to the stage as suffering. So, let's see if uh, suffering dicks uh, group. <laughs> it could be something like that. Have you ever thought about having a band, Mr. Scott Goya? What's up, Adam Duvall, all the way from the UK? What's up? He says, Hi, you wonderful legends. Let's go. Hey, oh, thank going, God. I appreciate you. Yeah, that's a lot to live up to. Legends, legends. To we are day. legends. <laughs> we are legends of the fall. I don't know. I mean, you know, everybody deserves to be a legend in their in their life because we're all here to, to share our gifts and our purpose. And one of the things we're going to be talking about tonight is a very interesting subject that we have talked about sporadically. I was looking back over our shows and I'm like, we've never really done a show about how to be present. And we talk about it on the show as components of things. And people know who know me know that I have had this opportunity in my life to find that inner peace, to find that homeostasis where I can be comfortable in the moment and not have to be doing something and not having to be something or not having to be accomplishing something. So my first question to you, Scott, when we think about the conversation tonight about how to be present, how to be in the moments, is there, do we really need to be in the moment? Because when I look back on my life and I think you and I have had this conversation, I have not been in the moment most of my life, but and you look at it categorically, you look at it on paper, my life is super successful. I had six figure job, da, da, da. You and I have both talked about these things. We've had these amazing successes. We've had the egoic validation. We've had the financial validation. We've had the girls, we've had the cars, we've had all of these things. But now as we get older, we're starting to realize that that served its purpose in those moments, in those moments for us to be always on the forefront, always I'll be on the off offensive, always be planning and always be in, in plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G. But as Sally Anderson, the great Sally Anderson that we both know, my lovely coach, she looked at me one day and she says, when are you going to get out of survivor mode? And I think that's where I really started to notice that I was not being in the moment. She's like, Chris, you always have to have plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Why not just understand and trust in the flow of life like you talk about? How can we jump in the river in the flow of things and be more present in those moments? So my question is, is there a benefit to not being in the moments and having that that antagonistic kind of go get them attitude to go be successful? Because I think in my terms, if I would have been in the moment in my 20s and 30s, I probably might not be as successful as I am today. I might be happier and find more inner peace, but I don't know if I'd be as success, successful today. So do you think it's something we should strive for from the get go? Or is this part of the journey that we learn as we get older and we realize that those things aren't serving a purpose? What do you think? I'm going to massively disagree with you. You would okay. be way more successful. And then you have to redefine the word success. But I'm glad you led that off because it gives us something to talk about. So thank I, you. I, that's why I had that going. I knew. <laughs> I know. I know. So here's a take. I mean, one of the things I love about studying other religions and mindsets and spiritualities um, is there's some awesome components to all of them. There's something in each one that you're like, ooh, that's money. And with Buddhism, I love the idea of non-attachment. And I love the idea that this is a world of suffering. It's samsara. So in this world of suffering, how do you break free from samsara? Come to present moment. I mean, it really is. It's presence. So when I'm attached to the future, or I'm attached to the past. There's either anxiety or there's depression. There's all these things that come with it. 
But in the present moment, I'm like, here I am. There's no attachment to anything. I'm here. I'm here now. So the illusion is I got where I am because of all the things I've done. Well, mm-hmm. that's just that's that's the illusion. So I'm going to give you an example. Like, watch this. My whole life, I would have told you that I'm successful because I'm a fighter. And I would have sworn this up and down. I would have said, I got this because I'm a fighter. I'm this because I'm a fighter. Like, I made the effort. I said, I'm not going to lose. I'm not going to lose. I'm not going to lose. But I was hyper-focused on the loss. And the whole time, it was just stress. And then the moment I elevate into my brilliance, a high frequency, which I would call an authentic frequency, finding your authenticity, who you really are, yeah. then you become a magnet. So here's the reality. Can you show me that being out of present moment validated, you know, got you some success? I'm sure you can. You can say, well, this is when I became successful. This is when I made the money. But at what cost? And so that's what I want people to think about at what cost. Yeah, the opportunity cost. There's the opportunity cost. So mm-hmm. were you truly happy? Were you truly filled with joy? Were you truly enjoying the moments? Or were you just getting to the next moment, to the next moment, to the next moment? Never in the moment. So I'd ask mm-hmm. you this. In every waking moment, do you want to be waking, waiting for the next moment, or do you want to be in the moment? And in the moment. In the moment. And so I saw this. I thought this was great. You know, you got the Ram Dass, Eckhart Tolle, you know, all the greats who philosophers who have. Uh, I saw this today, and of course, we were talking about this. I thought it was beautiful. So here's the answer to so the whole the whole discussion today. This is the answer. The moment you realize you are not present, you are present. Whenever you are able to observe your mind. You are no longer trapped in it. So that's an Eckhart Tolle quote. So here's the thing. All you need to do when you catch yourself running this way to the future or back to the past, just stop and say, there I go again. And just stop for a minute, take a deep breath, and you're present. So it's really actually much more simple than we think about. We're always like, mindful, be present. Do I need to go to yoga? Do I got to do breath work? No, just stop and say, okay, here I am. And so, you know, one of the things you and I talk about, Chris, in the L-O-V-E model is listen, observe, voice, and empathize. So listen, observe, voice, empathize. The observe piece is I always tell people, stop living life from here. Because when I live life from right here, then it's me versus the world. Right. When I live life from up here and I watch me as a part of the world, it's me as part of the world. So life is for me instead of against me or, or, you know, at me. And so the minute we do that, we can be very present. It's much easier to fall out of presence when I'm sitting here. Oh my God, how am I going to deal with this? You don't understand my situation so difficult. Then when I look back and go, oh, the world's just a little bit crazy. I'm dancing in it. Cool. Here I am in the moment. So let's talk about that because it's funny. The universe, of course, before we started the show, we talked about doing presence. I would jump onto Facebook and that's the first quote I saw was that card. Wow. I thought you went yeah. and grabbed that because I, I thought about the power of now being that book. And I read that as part of a book group, but I thought it was good. But, you know, I thought there was other things like, obviously I preached the Michael Singer books, you know, the untethered yeah, soul and the surrender cool. experiment for me being magnificent books and like guides really for that detachment process. Like you talked about, because, because it served me so well to be in that go-getter state. Right. And I sit there and I think about, you know, I was telling the story on a podcast I was on earlier or last week or something like that, talking about how I met you and how I met Lee and how I met Jock and how I met all these spiritual people that came into my life right at the point where I was shouting the loudest. I help people overcome their self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. And now everybody jokes around like that can't be your tagline anymore. Come on, Chris, you're the self-help fluffy. You're the fluffy guy. Now you talk about, you know, meridians and chakras and, and, and <laughs> vibrational know. frequencies and, and being in the flow and hanging onto the tree and all that other good stuff. 
But I think, you know, for me, one of the things I wanted to pinpoint in this conversation was where I realized that the the benefit really was being in the moment as opposed to being the go-getter because the go-getter validated me. The go-getter was certain for me. Everything else feels uncertain and scary. So how do, when you think about your journey, where was it for you that you started making that distinction? Like, okay, the egoic validation and the, and the, and the material things are all great and everything else, but there's something more to this. And I, and I think, you know, it probably is going to come from where you started go love now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, so I think all of us hit the, so anybody I've ever talked to who can really define success in a way that I feel is truthful, truthful and authentic to them. It's not like, Oh, I made a bunch of money. I did this. They had a crash. And so yeah. they have a point where they just have that. Aha uh-huh moment. Is this you know, it? Come, yeah. Is this it? It's, is yeah. this it moment? So I have the house, I have the car, I have the wife, I have the life, everything. Everybody told me like, you want this. I'm like, there's nothing else that's going to fulfill me. This sucks. And not to say that all those things weren't wonderful. I had this frozen point where I'm like, I'm really upset because the more, more, more isn't validating me anymore. So it's kind of like, I'll give you a crazy example, you know, whether you're a drinker or you've done drugs, you know, there's that one more line, that one more drink, that one more hit. And we're all waiting for like, and everyone's looking at you going, we got to go to bed. Like this game is over. Uh-huh. And it's really funny because we have that chase and there's there's this just lost understanding what the present moment means. We always want the more and more and more and more and more because we're so scared to sit in the belief that we are creator, we are divine, we are amazing, we are beautiful, we are perfect at source in this imperfect human existence. And that doesn't feel good to us because it's scary as shit. Yeah. And that's why the opposite of fear is love. So you preach go love now, but I subscribe to fear from time to time. I'm sitting there in the middle of my love, authentic moments going, life is good. And then I'm like, how do I do this? How do I continue to take care of the family? How do I be a good role model? I was so hypocritical. I made a mistake. We just said it right there. Observe, go back to here, come to present moment and say, listen to this part. I'm perfect at source in my spirit, in my soul, but I'm very imperfect in my human existence where I have the opportunity to choose and I make poor choices from time to time. That's the game. It's okay. So I would say a huge counterpart to being present is being graceful and offering yourself grace. I made some stupid decisions. Oh my God, I make like foolish choices. Welcome to humanity. Right. (laughs) Here's your degree. You got a degree in being human. That's it. And that's then that's really it. Give yourself some grace and grow in each present moment and realize the moment is the moment is the moment. I don't need the next car. I don't need the next dollar. I don't need the next show. I don't need the next degree. I don't need the next anything. I mean, I'm sitting here doing a show with you. We have some beautiful people listening. Um, Afterwards, I'll call my wife. She just drove to Houston to make sure she's having a nice night. My daughter's at an event and I'm just going to text her because I don't want to bother and make sure everyone's doing good. And I'm good. And I'm completely good. And, and honestly, I feel honestly like a, a beautiful vibrational high. Like it's a vibrational buzz. It's a high. When I go to sleep tonight, I'm just going to be like, life is good. And I could never have done that in my chase mode 20 years ago because it was always more and more and more. Sure. What's going to happen in the morning? Am I going to make the big sale? Am I going to get more money? Am I going to get? It was always one more thing. And now I'm like, I'm not thinking of anything I have to do. I'm really not. I know it sounds crazy. I will wake up tomorrow and do the things I know that need to be done. But right now I'm really not thinking of all the things that I would have said, I have to do this. Right. They're there. Same shit's there. It's just not here. Right. 
Yeah. And, 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 and you, have the, you have the philosophy now and the perspective of you get to do that. Right. So oftentimes we inundate ourselves with the language that we use, that we are self-sabotaging before we even realize that we've been doing that our entire lives. Right. When people I tell people to, to eliminate the words always and never. I always screw up. I can never find the right girl. I never do this. I always do this. You know, those are absolutes. And when we use that absolute language, that tells our subconscious and everything else, like shut it down. I'm like, nope, there's no opportunity. Right. We've talked about on the show here, Henry Ford. If you think you can, if you think you can't, yeah. you are right. And so I, and I love what you said about that because you, you got to a place, a place of stillness and realizing for, for your situation is like, it is in those moments. It is in the beats that, that say, okay, wow, I can let that, those things go and find that in the space of, of uncertainty, in the space of chaos, I have a trust and a belief and a faith and an understanding that it's all working for me. And when we look back on our lives, I think about it this. We've all been in those forks in our road, right? Remember where you like, do I take the next tell job? Do I take this? Do I meet Kim? Do I buy the, the RV? You know, do I go, I wake up in the middle of the night and I have this go love now thing. If I don't write it down, what happens? All those different things. I think about my life and those same things that we get to those, those forks in our road. And I think that's important that, you know, so many people we've talked about it ad nauseum, you know, the five regrets of the dying, the big regret of the dying is not living the life that we're supposed to live because we're always playing the if then game or the if when game right oh if or when i have this then i'll be happy we have a contingency we have we have a bias based on when we'll be happy oh i'll be happy when i make this amount of money i'll be happy when i get the girl i'll be happy when i have the house i'll be happy when i have the car i'll be happy when i can pay the bills i'll be happy when my kids smart whatever it else we put a we put um a contingency based on our happiness that we don't deserve it or have it right now and i think for me in that process of of realizing that you do get to that space where you crash you cannot sustain keeping all the plates spinning without compromising something. And for me, I started having to band-aid things. So in order for me to band-aid things, I would drink. So I would be a high performer. I'd be fourth gear wide open 12 hours of the day. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm going to drink and I'm going to be a hard performer right there. And I'm going to do that. And I would be in those moments, but I would not think about the outcome of those moments. I would not think about the relationship aspects of those moments. I was having fun and I was feeling good, but I was not thinking about the people that I was participating with. So for me, finding that ability to be still a go-getter, find the ability to be conscious and present in the moments, even if you're unconscious drinking, finding that ability to say, okay, how can I have both without having there to be both, right? How can I find that ability to embrace life and not have to be intoxicated not have to be on drugs, you know, not have to be chasing the girl, not have to be going, having the ego validation. And for me, it literally is in 2008, like I've told here on the show so many times being at that funeral, and putting that perspective on myself saying, wow, if I died tomorrow, who would show up and what would they say? And realize they would talk about all the stupid shit Chris did. And then the, the postscript on that would be, oh yeah, he wrote a book that changed the world or he was a motivational speaker, da, 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 whatever it might be. That's where I got intentional about, okay, every day I get this opportunity to, to experience my gift, right? And everybody out there listening and watching this right now, you have a gift, whether you believe you do or you don't, you do. And I believe one of the main life lessons here is to figure out what our gift is and share that at, at every opportunity that we can, because that's, what's going to make the world a better place. That's, what's going to make us more fulfilled because when we have that connection to our inner soul, that source, as you talk about, Scott, that's where that sense of fulfillment comes from. That's where that sense of meaning comes from and that sense of love. And also that sense of understanding that when we put back on the curious mind and the imagination that we had when we were kids, then it becomes exciting, right? It doesn't become fearful anymore. Oh, what's going to happen this? Like, I'm excited. Like I've told myself, and I've told this on the show before, you know, dying comes into my brain a lot. Like, oh my God, you know, what is it going to be like? You know, what's going to happen? You know, am I doing everything right that I need to do right now? And all this other stuff. It's like, 
I'm actually excited about it. So I've reframed my perspective, like not being scared about it. Like eventually one day I'm going to get to answer that question. What is it going to be like to die? What is it going to be like to transition over? As long as I've done my part on this side and I've said the things that I needed to say and I do the things I needed to do, I can actually look at that with a sense of somewhat of excitement. Like I get to relax. I get to find out what the next journey is. So it's taken a lot of that fear away from that. And it's put me in a place of love because if I choose to find stories of inspiration of people who have transitioned and, and, and had the near-death experiences, I find validation over and over and over again. I find proof that what lies beyond this particular material experience is a soul experience and that's a freeing experience. So when I can have that, it allows me to be more comfortable in those moments. Does that make sense? Totally does. And I played with that often and I just had a conversation with two different clients today about something right up that alley. And I would even go one step further. So one of the things that we all want to do is again, come out of present moment and say, but someday I'm, I'm, you know, my kid will not be at home someday. This person will pass someday I'll die. And it's still stepping out of present moment. And here's the reality. Remember the day, like you first went to kindergarten and you said, I can't leave mom and dad. And you're like crying or, or maybe you were cool. with it. it doesn't matter. Whatever your reaction was, you were okay. And then the time where you're in junior high going, the high school is so big. I can't go to high school. And you're like freaking out. And then college, whatever your next thing was, it was just horrifying. And just because that's still in the realm of this existence, we can go, that's different. But is it because this is just one giant eternal opportunity? We're dancing here in this very finite existence, but we deep down know we're energy and we deep down know that we're eternal. So because we can't see that school, that big school, we can't talk to somebody about that experience. It seems very freaky to us. But there's nothing we've done in this existence that the next person hasn't done. So right. for one second, and, and you know, is that scary? Is that upsetting? So this goes to Viktor Frankl. This goes to Henry Ford. Anybody who makes a decision to say, I'm going to make the choice to be joyful. I'm going to make the choice to say I'll win instead of lose or can instead of can't. Right now, make that choice to say I choose love instead of fear. So if I'm put here by a a conscious being. Okay. And I'm in the image of, and you know, whatever we want to subscribe to in our belief system, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter because what's real is real with or without our input. And right. I know that might upset somebody right now, but it doesn't matter. Now what's real is real without our input. So if I look within and thank whatever it is that brought me here without description from this outside world, if I look inside and say, I see you, I feel you, thank you for putting here. I'm going to utilize you and access you to be the best version of self and elevate to authenticity, find the brilliance within that you put me here to share, and I'm gonna live this life. How can you go wrong? Mm -hmm. How can you go wrong? And I know somebody's gonna argue with that and go, yeah, but that's not in alignment with this book or this belief, and that's fine. And I want you to keep following those belief systems. But for those who are confused, Look inside. Don't listen to me. Don't look at this Chris. Don't listen to the person who's telling you to follow me or follow some other belief. You were put here by something bigger than anything outside. Right. So look inside to recall that because it's what's inside of you. And in recollection of that, live in the present moment with love and not fear. And you're going to be guided to exactly where you're supposed to go by living each present moment, moment after moment and being present. And I really think it's that simple. I think we've got so convoluted in believing that 
if I have the house, if I trust in this belief system, if I follow this, if I believe this political party, if I only make this much money, then and only then I'll be okay. No, right. only now. Now. That's 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 it. Now. We're sitting here right now embracing this present moment together. I'm glad to be here with you guys. End of story. That's it. It's really not that complex. Yeah, it's it's not that complex. I love that you said that. It's not that complex, but it and I, and I say that I tell that to people. It's simple, but yet it will be challenging and it will be difficult. But on the other side of it, it'll be worth it. Definitely. And then ultimately, like when I think about it, I had this experience the other day, and this is something I wrote down to share with you. When I was thinking about being in the moment, I'm like, what does it mean to be in the moment? What are what are some tangible ways that we can help people experience this? Like I'm I'm exp I'm learning it. You've been there. You're still learning it, but you're teaching it. So we're all kind of helping each other walk along. So I think about it in terms of of me. The other uh, probably about a couple of weeks ago, I think it was yesterday, but it feels like it was probably a couple of weeks ago. Um, my son was off school for President's Day. I can't remember what it was. He was off school for something, and I say, "Hey, buddy, you want to go to the park?" And he goes, "Yeah, let's go to the park." So we're walking to the park, and as we're walking there, I'm like, I just stop, and I just that was I had so many different things in my mind, and and as I've talked about on the show, for me, one of the things that I do to be present in the moment is I as I stop. And I reset. So like after this podcast, after we do this, uh, it's going to be six o'clock here in California. I'm going to go downstairs. It's family movie night. We're going to have, uh, we're having dinner. So I pause here and I think about, okay, who, who am I expected to be when I go downstairs? Nobody cares that I'm podcast, Chris, or phone motivation, motivational speaker, Chris, or anything else, Chris, I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to be the best dad. I can be, I'm going to be the best husband. I can be, I'm going to be the best listener. I can be, you know, I can be okay. So I'm going to put myself in that space. So I'm going to ask myself if I were a seven-year-old boy, what kind of dad would I want to see coming down those stairs? And so I place myself in that situational awareness, like being a, that awareness and that allows me to play with that. Right. Okay. So my seven-year-old son wants me to play. He, he said, dad, when you come back downstairs, we're going to do this. So I'm going to run downstairs and be excited. All right. Da, 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 da. And he's going to be all excited like that. When we were walking um, to the park, I was sitting there watching. He was walking a little bit ahead of me and he was talking. And I was like, wow, holy shit. My entire life all of these experiences, all these tough times, all these challenges where I wanted to give up and, and where I wanted to blame people. And I was so frustrated and all these other, look where I'm at. I'm walking down this beautiful street. I own a house in this beautiful neighborhood. I used to be homeless. I used to be all these different things. And I've got a son, I've got this beautiful human being that I get to go to the park and experience this joy with that before when I'm in my, my younger years, if you'd have told me that I'm like, that sounds miserable. I don't want to fucking go to a park with a kid. I'm going to go out there and make money. I'm going to get the validation. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to survive. I'm going to thrive. I'm going to show I'm a winner. That was being a winner right there. And when we got to the park, we're playing and I'm, I'm being a kid and everything. And I stopped and he was playing with some other kids and I just stopped Scott. And I thought about my senses. I thought about how can, what more can I do in this moment? Like I'm being grateful. And we talk about this on the show all the time, grateful, but I'm like, okay, what can I do? And it occurred to me, like we have senses, we have five senses. So how can this moment, how can I engage my sense of smell? How can I sense my sense of touch, my uh, everything? And I just saw the, the wind blowing the trees and the leaves. I could hear the kids in the background laughing. I could hear parents talking, see cars driving by. And I'm like, fuck, right now, this is a pretty cool moment in life. And it's because I'm engaging those senses. Like I'm smelling and I'm tasting and I'm feeling and I'm hearing. And I'm just like, wow, being immersed in that. So it really caused me to sit there and think about as we're in those moments, if we're struggling to be present engage those senses like oh i'm smelling some food oh man we're gonna eat tonight that's a pretty cool thing i'm so thankful for that there's people in this world that are going hungry wow my family's healthy we can all we can we don't have to go to the hospital we don't have to go to the doctors you know we've got all these different things 
that awareness, that situational awareness, I think is what is really one of the critical components for us to sit there and say, okay, I'm going to get out of my monkey brain. I'm going to kind of step back and go and be silent. So many times where we got the phone in front of us or we we're busy be looking around like, fuck, it's pretty cool. I can talk to people over video. I can, I have all the answers in my, anything I want questions to, I have it on my phone. Life is pretty incredible. It's not a matter of if or when I could drop, drop dead tomorrow, being present right here and finding those gifts and finding those abilities to, to, to see the beauty in those things is I think one of the keys that is helping me be more present. 100%. What do you think about that? Oh, I love it. That's one of my favorite things to do at men's retreats is because um, men, everybody, but especially I feel like, men, we get so caught up in the the autopilot and the survivor and what we're supposed to do that when do we really, you know, the joke is when do you stop to smell the roses? But when do you stop to listen to the kids in the playground? When do you stop to really just look over the horizon and realize, oh, I didn't even know there's mountains right there. I always look down like just mm-hmm. there's something. So we can even do a quick exercise right now because Again, like we're always talking about what to do. Why don't we just do it? Yeah. Um, so one of the most beautiful things that you can do to activate your senses is a simple breathing technique, simple circular breathing. So we can just do it for like a minute together. And all we're going to do is just go breathe in with the nose, quick exhale with the mouth. And then at the end, we're going to take deep breaths in with the mouth. So it's going to look like this. It's like. And then at the end, we're going to go. All through our mouth? All through the mouth at the end. And the last one, we're going to hold our breath. And then what happens is you're really, really heightened in your senses. And then just pick a sense. Maybe you want to close your eyes and just listen. And just it might just be there's a squirrel on your roof. It might be you can hear your dog breathing next to you. It might be the computer just going doesn't matter. Just listen to it. Just notice the things you haven't heard. Or just look around the room and be like, Oh, I forgot I got that certification. You know, it's on the wall. Just just take note of something. And the only one you can't do, you can't do sense of smell because you're holding your breath. But you can do feel, you can do see, you touch, and I'm sorry, you can do feel. So maybe you're noticing the temperature of the room, the you know, breeze blowing by. It might seem like no big deal, but let's play this game together because it's a beautiful way to come into present moment. And if we're teaching on it, let's do it. You you, you, of, you must have been reading my brain because I had a note. I'm, I said, ask Scott to do some sort of breath work thing. <laughs> See <laughs> so that? You, you like read my brain. So let's do it. So I'm going to so I'm gonna tell you exactly what we're going to do. Um, and I'm going to just tell you what you're going to feel too. So when you feel like you don't want to do it, just uh, go through it. Oh, we're not um, going to do the pass out thing again, are we? No, we're going to go nice and easy. So we'll do maybe close to 60 seconds. We're going to do just enough so you almost feel just a slight head brush, a little bit of a buzz. Um, and you feel maybe a little tingle. Then what we'll do when we take those big deep breaths is we're going to really oxygenate our body and then just hold your breath. Now, I'm going to give you a little heads up. Um, a lot of times when you do a quick breathing technique like this, because it's almost similar to like hyperventilation, when you take the deep breaths after, you might be able to hold your breath longer. Hold your breath as long as you want. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I could hold my breath for probably three minutes at the end of this. I'm not going to do it because then you guys are going to try to do it. Someone's going to pass out at home. We don't want to do that. <laughs> but if you want to just, uh, you know, let's say you normally hold your breath for 30 seconds and 60 seconds feels really easy and you're not going to that second wave you're going, my eyes are rolling back in my head. Um, be smart. You know, you know thyself. But let's play the game. Let's do it. And and what I would do, too, is a lot of times you might start with sight and then you're like, I have a lot of time. I feel really good right now. And then you hear something. 
let yourself guide yourself. Just have fun with it. Um, you'll mm -hmm. be very surprised how present you can get. Let's play this game together. Let's do it. And so again, we're going to do the quick inhale through the nose, exhale through the mouth. So it's like, and then we're going to go to the deep breath in through the mouth and out through the mouth, just wide open, lots of air coming in. And we'll take that final hold and then just sit and be present with a specific sense. And if you shift sense, totally cool. And then we'll come right back to center and we'll talk about our experience. Ready? Nice. And if I pass out, you can talk to someone. Yeah, if you pass out, you know, somebody will get you eventually. I'll call Barb. We'll make sure they're there for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's go do short. it. Everybody at home, everybody listening, you fuckers do it. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's get uncomfortable. Here we go. Yeah. Do that for five more seconds, and then we're going to take the big breaths in and out. Ready? Okay. I want to sit there for three minutes, but I don't want to do that to you guys. Wow. What did you guys think out in audience land? Those guys that you're watching that you did that type in the chat, let us know what you're feeling, what you're thinking. For me, I had this like momentary thing where I just, I, I felt like I was outside of my body for a second, like really, really still. Yeah. I, I, that never gets old for me. I was and, taking and pictures. Like I wasn't really seeing things. I was, I was kind of seeing things like, Oh, Felt a little bit of a little cognitive buzz, but was yeah. like, hmm. Just enough to just gently, you know, play with thyself, you know, in a cool way. It's funny because I didn't realize how like granular the wood is right there. And then I, and I instantly, I was like, I was looking at that and then I felt, I could feel like warmth coming through my body. It like switched right to feel. And I don't usually go to feel. I'm a very sound sight guy and I went right to feel for the rest of it. And I was like, hmm, feels good. Yeah, I love that, Steve. Uh, we got Steve Gapes in the house. What's up, Steve? Thank you for being here. He says, uh, "Feeling refreshed." Yeah, I think that's a great way of looking at. It. I mean, I've, 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 I've told the story here a few times, but you know, you've introduced me to breathwork. We've done a breathwork class together where we did the whole near yeah. uh, catatonic kind of thing. We did the six week breathwork class with uh, what was her name? I need to call her and get her into one of the coaching classes. I'm blanking her name. Wonderful girl. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd lost her when I lost my other Facebook group. But um, at any rate, done all that. I find that when I do my my four 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 breathing, the box breathing, like I do that a lot now. 
And like mm -hmm. when I find myself like when I'm doing that transitional thing, like thinking about something up here and I got to go downstairs, it's like four seconds, hold for four seconds. And then as I'm, as I'm inhaling, I'm sitting there visualizing. I usually do it with my eyes closed. I usually visualizing, um, inner peace and whatever, whatever I need, like inner peace and harmony, inner peace and harmony. And then as when I'm exhaling, I, I exhale and I, I picture that being clear. And when I exhale, I, I imagine my breath being like really dark and I'll, I'll stay stress and anxiety, stress and anxiety. So I'm inhaling inner peace and happiness, stress and anxiety. And I'll do that just for like, just for about a minute that we did it before, probably about four times I do the box breathing. And it's amazing that little minute takes that reset that I never would have like thought about before. I would have had to go run around the block five times to get that same thing. Yeah. And so it's important for us to be aware of that. So if you experience that and Steve, you experience that, go Google that, you know, find maybe a breathwork class and, and, yeah. and incorporate that into your, into your opportunity. What are some other breathing techniques that Scott, that people might enjoy? So the box breathing is, is super popular in the military and it makes a lot of sense. Like there's a lot of groups that are high stress groups. You know, I'm sure they're going to do that, you know, like uh, hospitals, med school, military, any place they're high stress jobs where somebody has to reset. But I'm a massive fan, as I've said a million times with four, seven, eight. And yep. you can go read about four, seven, eight. The big thing with four, seven, eight is it resets the nervous system. So your amygdala is firing. And one of the body response, the um, somatic responses to your amygdala firing in a stress state and your, you know, everything's just your brainstem is going alert, alert, fight or flight. One of the best things you can do to shift that is shift the breath. So usually when we're in a fight or flight, what do we do? Short breaths we're like. So they're very quick, short breaths. So to have a shorter, still four seconds. So it's a good length, a shorter inhale and the exhale is longer confuses and therefore resets the nervous system yeah the seven it really works i mean you could play with it in fact anybody who has uh, issues sleeping i would highly recommend yeah. google dr annual wheel stuff and uh try it tonight so it's literally just seven second hold and then on the out usually you know they recommend to do like an uh a, a swoosh sound that you're actually verbalizing and so we like i eight seconds i don't always do the noise um some of the reasons that you want to do any kind of noises with any of this kind of breathing it's supposed to like vibrate that uh, was the vagus nerve mm -hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of for me what i find the most important thing is and this is again anecdotal for me and a lot of my clients it's just that four to eight so it's the four second to eight second you'll feel your body get out of that rhythm of <laughs> like yeah. that nervous breathing because <laughs> when you come back to regular breathing you'll be like and you'll feel it you'll literally oh, feel I it do. right here mm -hmm. it's unbelievable you'll feel it in the you know the brain stem and you'll you'll notice the difference and one of the things i i highly recommend if you want to talk about present moment so we're in beta um so this is important information alpha beta uh theta and delta those are the four brain waves you really want to understand so beta is our waking moments and we have high level and low level beta. So right now um, you might be in a very low level beta. You're watching the show. So even just trying to say, well, what's he talking about? What did you mean? You're still in alert stress state. It's not a bad stress state. You mm -hmm. might have tapped into alpha when we were doing that breath work because you go into a very, it's like the, the earliest entry to kind of a sleep or a meditative state. And it's just kind of a break. So I always call when you step into alpha, a beta break. And the more beta breaks we can take during the day, 
the more likely we're able to keep ourselves running efficiently. Imagine our phone or a computer, if you leave it running all day long, you could blue screen, it could freeze up on you. It's the same thing with the human brain, the human body. So if we're in low level beta, that's one thing, like low alert state. But what if you have an important thing at work? You got to pick up the kid. Did I buy this? Did we pay the bill? Did we do? And all of a sudden it just starts to, you need those little shut the phone off and turn it back on. That's an alpha break. So you could do yeah. breath work, quick meditation. If you're not doing that yet and you're wanting to become more present, it's going to be very, very difficult to ever become present in a pure beta state 24-7. And your sleep is going to be affected because you don't know how to break down from beta. So you go into theta is the entry to sleep. That's where you can reprogram the subconscious mind. If you go into sleep going, oh, shit, tomorrow's going to suck because I got to do this. Mm -hmm. and this, and this. Yep. Watch what's happening. You ready? I'm in beta. I took no breaks. So my phone or computer has never been shut off. Here I go going to sleep. Oh my God, I didn't pay that bill. How the how am I going to do this? Holy shit, we didn't fix the car. There's no way we can pay for summer camp this year. I'm going to go to sleep. So now this is what my subconscious mind just received. Alert, 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 alert. We can't do this. So I don't sleep. Cortisol levels up. I feel like shit. I wake up, not refreshed, drinking coffee. Now my adenosine receptors are all jacked up. It's false energy. And then I'm miserable. And I'm saying, I can't do this anymore. Well, of course you didn't because you did not do the things that we need to do that no one told you you needed to do. So watch this. Same life, same everything else. I'm in beta. I take a little meditative break. I do that simple breath work we did. I do some four, seven, eight. So I had a few little breaks. Now at night before I go to sleep, I say, really stressful day, no doubt. Holy shit, that was tough. But I know I'm going to be okay because I know I'm a beautiful spirit and a being and things are going to work out for me because I'm a good person. Now I go to sleep. That's fed into my subconscious mind. My subconscious mind, and I just did some 478 breathing too before that. Yeah. My subconscious mind goes, you're okay, Scott. Everything good, blah, blah, blah. I'm sleeping and I wake up and I'm like, maybe I don't need 17 cups of coffee to get through today. Maybe I don't need a smart Red Bull. Maybe I can do this on my own. And I promise you that the sleep things you're saying, well, I just don't sleep. My mind races. If you start changing these simple little habits, I can promise you from coaching yeah. clients, from self, in time, you can really change thyself. Because your subconscious mind is in full agreement that, the life, that life sucks and the world's horrible because you yeah. keep telling it. Mm -hmm. And it's going to repeat back to you what you feed it because it's trying to protect you. So watch this. If I said, oh, my God, there's a lion. My subconscious mind goes, oh, my God, there's a lion. Next time I see a lion, what is it going to do? Oh, my God, there's a lion. Thank you. Now I didn't get eaten by the lion because you reminded me. Well, it's also <laughs> going to go, tomorrow's going to be a horrible day every time I go to sleep. It's going to remind me tomorrow's going to be a horrible day because it's protecting me. But ironically enough, it's killing me because Back I'm this. getting shit information. And yep. what, did, what did Eckhart Tolle say? He said, don't be here. Yep. To become present, you said it. You're going to do it when you get out of here and you go downstairs. Step into a observer state and go, here I am again. I'm going to go downstairs and be Daddy Chris and hang out with Barb and have a beautiful evening. And that's it. Yeah. And just recognize that. But do it from here. Not, hey, I just got done the show and it's gone. I had fun and, and we got a million things to do. Blah, blah, blah. No, who gives a shit about that? You're back mm -hmm. to the present moment of the next thing. Yep. I love that, Scott. There's a couple of things you said that in there that touched on the touch on a few things that I want to share. I know Steve said here, 
He said, um, it's like breathing when you have a panic attack, it settles the brain. Absolutely, Steve. I mean, that's I literally deal with anxiety. That's one of the reasons why I've self-medicated at period of time, period of times over my life. And I found that that breathing, Steve, is huge. So I do it quite a bit. My my son, I've actually taught it to my son. There's a funny story. I taught it to my son when he was really frustrated with stuff. And I said, here's the breathing thing. So one time I'm in the car, I think I told you this guy, um, I was in the car, I had to go pick him up. My wife was like down my neck, you know, his school pictures are tomorrow. He needs a haircut. My his hair is fine. He needs a haircut tomorrow. He's going to get a haircut. I'm going to be pissed. Blah, blah, blah. So I go pick him up. I make a, an appointment with the hair, the hair place. I'm using my ways and all of a sudden ways is telling me all sorts of jacked up ways to get on the freeway. I get on the freeway. It tells me to get off the freeway. I'm not getting frustrated. I'm 15 minutes late already for the hair appointment. I'm frustrated. And I'm like, da, da, da. we get there. Finally find parking. And my son goes, dad, you need to calm down. I said, I know we're going to calm down. We're late. We need to get in there. We don't, I don't, I don't like being late. I don't like having that perception and everything is like, dad, we need to do our breathing. This is when he was about five. I think he was about, he's now seven. He was about five. He's like, dad, we need to do our breathing. So right there in the parking lot, I was ready to tell him, no, we, I'm like, Chris, no. And I stopped and I did my four, four, four breathing. I said, let's do it. I said, do it with me, buddy. And we did it. And we walked in there. Everything was fine. The guy was fine. He was still working on the other person. There was no big deal. I was making it out of my brain, but to stop and take those times again, that to be that intentional awareness, like, Hey, I feel a little bit of anxiety coming on. This is something we can do guys. I mean, this is when they say get high on your own supply is really true. And the other thing you talked about was the whole theta and beta and stuff like that, which still I'm learning about that. But for those of you guys out there in the same position as I am, or I was, as I, as I continue to process when I meditate, I still don't have that euphoric experience. Like when people talk about, Oh, I was able to escape and I was like, do that stuff. So for me, what I wanted to tell you guys is on my phone, there's an app it's called brainwave. So -hmm. for you guys out there, I use um, binaural beats. So I'm a big fan of, of using something that helps guide me because I am, I can get so distracted. So I listen to binaural beats in this app called brainwave and you guys can check them all out. I have three different ones. I can choose to go into a theta state. I can go into it. I can do go all into those states that, that you talk about. And for those of you guys don't know what binaural beats are, essentially you put your headphones in and there's one frequency in this headphone and there's another frequency in this headphone. And what it does is it equalizes the frequency of your brain. So our brain is electrical energy guys. So when you're thinking about these, these, uh, binaural beats, they're different, um, sounds and stuff like that. Kind of like what you hear in an MRI machine, but not as annoying. And, you know, so what I do is I go spend 20, 25 minutes and I'll put on a deep relaxation one, or I'll put on a power nap one, or I'll put on, um, uh, brainstorming. There's, there's like all different concoctions and, and, and opportunities for different situations you're going to be in. If you want to go to sleep, you can do that. If you want to have a, a morning shot of coffee, whatever it is, it will rewire your brain to get on that, that same wavelength. And as you're doing that, what I do is I visualize my cl- eyes closed how I'm going to spend my day or what I'm going to do after that. So I visualize the success of what I'm going to do. I visualize if it's something that's going to be stressful. I visualize and I see myself going through it and being patient and being calm. So those are ways that if we're not, you know, great at meditating, you guys out there and I do it as well. I do it pretty much every day is binaural beats and and things of that nature. The other thing we could do is for God's sakes, fucking put this down the phone. For those of you guys aren't watching on the video cast, I see people at the gym now, Scott, they're in between sets and I watch them. It's not like they're answering a text message. They're, they're scrolling sports. They're scrolling the news. And I'm like, I do oh, work in between. I'll send email, emails between texts. Like Everybody like, needs to put the phone down. Like, how are we going to be present? Like my wife has a horrible problem with it. She watches a movie and she's watching YouTube at the same time. I'm like, which one are you watching? I'm just matter of fact about it now. I'm like, put the phone down, be present in the moment, you know, cause what is that saying to our people that we're, we're surrounded with? Like, it's telling me that I'm not important. It's telling me that, Oh, you don't want to watch the movie with us. So I'm like, babe, and I, we have this conversation. Like, can we be present? Like, let's make a, let's make it a point when movie night is on, let's go put this across the room. 
like I left today when I went to go pick up Jackson, I was like, I don't have my phone. I almost drove back half halfway home just to get my phone to go pick up my kid. And I was going to be gone for 15 minutes. I'm like, Chris, you're, you're okay without the phone. And I think the other thing we can also recommend to people is, and I find this for myself is that when I'm present with people, I find that one of the best ways for me to be with those people is to be a super active listener. Super active listeners. So many times we're sitting there and we're thinking about everything else we got to do. And then we do the, the, the selective hearing disorder thing where, oh, I heard, you know, Scott said 35 words, but I heard 15 of them. I'm going to put them together and I'm going to make an assumption and go, yeah, Scott, I totally believe I'll get that to you one day, but we never verify. We never follow up on that. So for you guys out there being in the moment, focus on that individual. Like really give your time and attention, your body language, look at that person in their eye, lean forward, mirror what it is that they're saying. And when they're saying back to you, whether it's your kid, it's your coworker or something like that, say, Hey, Scott, here's what I heard you say. I heard you say the valuableness of being able to get in the state and prepare ourselves when we go to bed and to set our mind in the right frame of mind can really impact the way we wake up. Right? So I've heard you, I've looked at you. That's just some of the ways that I know I use in my world to, to stay present because I could literally send a text message on my phone. I could be reading something on my computer and I could be talking to somebody, but am I being present in that moment? So let's put the phone down. Let's not read that. Let's focus our attention and say, okay, listen, I want to hear what you got to say. What's going on and being intentional with that. What are some other, uh, some other easy solutions that you see that people can kind of do to perhaps maybe trick themselves to be more in the moment when they wouldn't be? So let's let's intertwine that with um, Susan actually had some good co good comments that I'd love to address. And I think everybody's yeah. thinking the same thing. She said, so how can this work when we're angry? And then following up after that, she said, I'm trying to stop, think and act. And it feels impossible. So let's take that question and let's inter, you know, sect it with this. So the first thing is, I feel like a lot of us want to find a way not to feel. All right. So yeah. let's let's not do that. So. Let's say that I'm sad and I'm like, I want to do breath work, so I'm not sad. Well, one of the things I want you to think about, Susan, and I talk about this a lot, and I'm, you know, it's funny because when I was, it, it's hilarious because I was coaching and I'd be coaching my clients and I have a young daughter who's 17 now. And I remember when she was like five going, don't cry, it's okay. And I'm thinking, you just told your client to process everything. You're telling your own kid not to cry. So we have these little fights with self because we heard that when we were younger. We think that's what we're supposed to do, but we're like, I'm messing up because we've got mixed signals. So what I would say to you to do is, first of all, honor the emotion. When you're feeling anger, when you're feeling shame, when you're feeling guilt, I have an analogy I would share with everybody that we're fractals of water in a river. So therefore, we are the river. So we've got consciousness, God, source, creator is the flow, is the river. And we're a fractal of that being we're put here in the image of. So here we are as a fractal in that flow. What ends up happening is, we get stuck on rocks from time to time because of rapids and the way the river flows. And in those rocks, those can be times to feel emotion or things that get us out of the river. So if we're out of flow, we're going to feel something. That's why there's no such thing as a bad emotion. Okay. All right. emotion is useful. Ultimately, sure, I want to be in a space of joy. But when I feel fear, it's because something happened that's making me afraid. It doesn't mean I don't honor it. It means wait a minute, why am I afraid? I've been here before. This is scary. That's okay. So feel and process that and then figure out how do I transmute that to excitement and get back in. Let's say I'm feeling sadness or angry. Why am I here again? Why am I so stupid? Why do I keep doing these patterns? I just pounded on my desk. And I <laughs> why does my camera go off when I'm trying to be on? <laughs> Uh-oh. I got to screw my camera up there. Uh-oh. See that? You don't pound your desk. Little less don't pound the desk. Oh, where'd he go? Where'd he go? 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I love that. Thank you, Susan, for asking that question. We appreciate you. Um, that is super important. You guys can ask us any questions. So for those of you guys watching or uh, watching on the replay, um, Dad. yeah, this, ladies and gentlemen, this is my son, by the way. I'm doing a live. Dad. I'm doing it. Yeah. Exciting news. Yeah. Mama Kitty came back. She did? Yeah. Oh, wow. She came back in the garage. Oh, goody. I'll come down and see her. Yay. That's Mama cool. Kitty. Yay. I'll have to tell everybody that story. Thank you for telling me that, Bubba. Yay. How is she doing? Good. Good. All right. I'm going to finish my show, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was my beautiful son, Jackson. And uh, he was just telling me the good news. We'll have to, we'll have to preempt the, the, the conversation that we were having. Uh, I told you about the mama cat that I raised, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I went la- two weeks ago on Thursday, I took her to the, to the animal shelter and I was going to have her spayed as a, as a stray. And then I was going to bring her back home and release her and let her be out as a stray. When I was there, they talked me into surrendering her. And they said, if I surrender her, she, um, she potentially could get adopted. So I saw her on the, the website and she was adoptable. She wasn't adopted. And so I called yesterday that she was gone off the website. And I said, what happened to her? And they said, well, she was released back into your neighborhood. And I said, the lady said she was going to call me if they were going to release her back in the neighborhood because they have a, a trap and release. And so I was like, okay, so we've been driving around the neighborhood for since last night, looking for her, walking around the neighborhood. And so Jackson just came in and said, I left the garage open like this much. She wound up finding her way back here. Wow. Yeah. So that's cool. So I, I felt bad because I felt guilty. I'm like, I don't want her to get her euthanized. They said there were no kill shelter, but I, I needed to get her get fixed because I didn't want to let her out and yeah. get babies again. So anyways, that's, that's the moment I just got to experience. Uh, but now Scott needs to finish his thought because Susan is uh, is deep in this that's trance good. and you hit your computer. So there we are. I did. I'm no more punching my desk. No punching See my that? Desk. Anger. Anger. So it worked so out perfectly. Anything that uh, we're experiencing as an emotion is trying to redirect us to the ultimate emotion of joy. So when we're feeling guilt, it's a reaction to something. We're feeling shame. It's reacting to something, sadness, and it's bringing us back to center. So what I don't want to do is if I start to get out of flow and get stuck in a rock, I don't want to hide that emotion and do some breath work or some meditation to cover it because then that compartmentalizes into me. And so that's going, going to ultimately hold me back. And that's how disease is created. I think a lot of cancer and a lot of these long-term diseases are ultimately stemming from something spiritual or emotional. So what I would do and what I do do is address the anger, honor the anger, feel the anger, and then in supplement to that, do some kind of breath work. So let's say like I'm angry. Sometimes anger is just the cherry on top of the Sunday, and there's sadness underneath. And a lot of people have felt that. Let's say that I start, I'm like, this is bullshit. I'm angry. Why is this happening to me? Yell, scream, do the things, yell into a pillow, do your thing. Yep. Then do some breath work after it to come back to center. So it's kind of like, you know, I just bang my head on a rock. I'm back in the river. I want to sit and kind of just just sit there for a minute before I start swimming again. So kind of regroup, get back in the river. Um, the other thing is sometimes I'll notice I might address an emotion, then do some breath work or some meditation, and then another emotion surfaces because it was underneath. Like I said, you've got layered anger and then there's sadness. Like, I didn't even know I was sad. Address them one at a time. But the biggest thing is honor the emotions and understand that there are opportunities for you to come back to center. So the more I cry, the more I feel ashamed, the more I feel guilty, it's in response to something, it's going to help redirect me back to center. So honor those as beautiful opportunities for you to get back to where you really want to be. Does that resonate? Hopefully that makes sense. Boom. She says, great point. Yes. Yes. Great point. Um, that is fantastic. I think, um, 
I think for the the conversation we've had tonight, it's important for you guys who have joined in the mid conversation, go back and watch the beginning of it or listen to the beginning of it. Cause we've been on this path in this conversation to build building blocks for you guys to be present in the moment. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. And the last thing, last little piece of advice I'll give before we give our final thoughts, as I look at it this way, this is the other note that I took. Like when I think about those those crazy thoughts that come into my brain, you know, the negative thoughts, the the imposter syndrome thoughts, all the all the what if thoughts, the fearful thoughts. Now I see them as mosquitoes. So like, what do we do when we see a mosquito? We don't give time to mosquito. We don't sit there and go, oh mosquito, da da da. Oh you landed on me. Oh you're biting me. Oh it sucks. Oh it's gonna hurt. Oh my god, it's gonna take forever. We swat the mosquitoes. So the same thing we could do with those random thoughts in our brain is swat those things and go back to that present moment and sit there and okay, what can I do to find gratitude? Maybe I just went down a rabbit hole for three minutes and thinking about something that's negative. What is it that I could do to potentially be a part of that, that solution? Because so many times we, we stay in that victim status and we allow the thoughts to, to, to pummel us. We allow the thoughts to, to, to drag us down. But if you sit there and think, okay, wow, I'm going to step back and see those thoughts as mosquitoes and I'm going to swat those. I'm going to go back to being in the present moment, maybe do some four, four breathing for a minute, go back to being and doing what I was doing and find that gratitude. Even if you're in traffic, like, okay, wow, I'm like, I'm like, why is this person doing this to me? Okay, they're mosquitoes. I can let it go. That person isn't really doing that to me. The part of the solution is I could do is I can go around this person or I can realize that that they're just, they're just cutting in front of a car and then I'm taking this personally. So the thing we can do in these situations, guys, and we talked about it throughout the, the, the broadcast a little bit, is that response. We have that choice. Like, you know, like you said, Scott, Victor Frankel said that I have that time between what it is that I think and what it is that I say and I do. That response time is mine. That is mine. Nobody can sit there and calculate and tell me anything to do with that. So you guys need to take back and own that time, own that opportunity to choose how you're going to feel about a situation. Use that opportunity to focus on what it is, that, who it is that you're becoming, not who it is that you've been. Always think about that. Think about how can I take this a little bit further? How can I learn a little bit more about this? You've learned a little bit about breath work tonight. Google it. Maybe go take a breath work class. Maybe take a meditative class. Maybe go on and look at YouTube videos about meditation. Maybe take guided meditation. Start playing with it and find out what works for you. And then go out and share that shit because as the world turns, we can make it a little bit better by the experiences we have. What are your final thoughts, Mr. David? Scott, go ahead. <laughs> Um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, make sure anything in that space between stimulus and response, um, make good choices there. And one of the good choices, you know, bring back what Susan was saying is take your emotions and process them. One of the things we do horribly in this country is we don't want to be angry. We don't want to be feel shame. We don't want to feel sadness because we associate it with weakness, weakness and ignorance is not processing. So no, I would no. like to end this. If you want to be even more super present, you don't want to be this about to explode being because you've got unprocessed emotion. The more we clean out the emotion we process, the way easier it is to be super present because getting to observer space when we don't feel like we're going to blow up is far easier than sitting here. Like I feel like I'm going to cry. I feel like I'm going to scream. I'm going to shoot myself. I don't know what's going on. We've all been to those moments. You've got to release the valve and process those emotions. Then the breath work, the meditation, all the things become insanely powerful and getting to observer space becomes very second nature. So do it. <laughs>
Do it, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I have up on the screen for those of you listening on the audio podcast, www.theunfilteredexperience. The Unfiltered Experience is spelled exactly how it sounds. Go there, check it out. Join our Facebook community. Become a part of the, the Unfiltered crew. Let us know. Scott and I have decided that we're not going to do guests for right now. We're going to just come to you every single week, just us answering what it is that's on your mind. Somebody brought this up to my attention and said, hey, I think this would be a great opportunity for you guys to talk about this, being in the moment, being present. So whatever it is, it might be for you, Susan, uh, Steve, Robert, anybody, Adam, anybody who's watching this later on on the replay, listening on the, on the podcast, go join the Facebook community, put in there. Hey, Scott. Hey, Chris, we'd love to see you talk about this. We'd love to see you do a series on this, on goal setting, whatever it might be that we can do to show up here every single Friday night and serve for you. Please let us know because that's our intention. Every single day that we show up here, we've been doing this now for a couple of years. Um, it's our intention here to pay it forward. So with this as opportunity, you guys can take this show, share it out on your social media, say, Hey, I just had this great conversation. I was illuminated to the fact of meditative breathing, whatever it might be for you that you got out of this, this show, share the show out, put a few more words in there. Let us get the message out to other people. And that way we can all do our part to bring world peace, world love in a place where there's so much chaos and uncertainty and everybody's focusing on the wrong shit. Uh, so we would love you guys to do that up here on the screen. Um, I have placed the fact that our podcast is on Spotify. It is also on Apple. It is everywhere podcasts are sold. So you, if you watch your podcast or listen to them on iHeartRadio or Amazon Music or whatever it might be, go find the Unfiltered Experience. Subscribe to the show. We have done now 140 shows. This is our 141st show. So we've got a lot of experience in talking with some amazing people. We've done series of shows on Who Am I, I Am Statements, Leadership, everything. Scott and I have brought the value and the goods consistently ever since we started the show as a Friday Night Live show. Go back, check out some of those episodes share them out and then let us know what it is that we can do to serve you on the upcoming episodes here we have. And uh, yes, you are so welcome, Susan. Thank you guys for being here. We appreciate you. Now here's your instruction. Go be present, go be present. And then let us know, sign up for a, be a part of this Facebook group, email Scott or I, let us know what your experience is with becoming present. And if you learn new opportunities that help you become more present, let us know. And that way we can up update everybody out here on the show and let them know that there's more ways to do this. But from us, we love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you back here next time on the Unfiltered Experience. I'm Christopher Rausch. My brother, Scott David. Go ahead. Love Peace. you guys. Peace. Cheers.